Daddy Lady, the book club of love. Actual episode. Hi, it's Barbara Ann. Uh, Vera and I were not able to record Twin Sides together this week, so I just want to give a quick introduction to this, our fifth act of the book, The Autism Spectrum Guide to Sexuality and Relationships. We chose this book because April is Autism Acceptance Month, but aside from that, this book is just a really beautifully written handbook to being a human being. Uh, Whether or not you are personally affected by autism, whether you are on the spectrum, whether you love people on the spectrum, we're surrounded by people on the spectrum. Many of us are undiagnosed, and the people who are diagnosed are just I think now kind of emerging. Elon Musk announced just this past Saturday Night Live that he has Asperger's. So if that doesn't get you thinking about all the many wonderful contributions that folks have made, some of them insanely successful, then what would? But uh, also, I walked into a yoga class once and there was a girl sitting on her yoga mat and she just looked up at me and told me exactly how tall I was. And I didn't know how she knew. And now I really like that I know how she knew. It's just brilliant. There's just so many people who present in so many different ways. And I really personally enjoy understanding why that is. I like understanding my society and I like having empathy and I like having connections. And, you know, I hope you do too. If you don't know much about autism, it's really worth learning. Once you kind of understand some of the characteristics, it puts a lot of people that you've met or know in a different perspective. It can put you and the way you relate to the world in a different perspective. I know that I this is touching me personally because my children and I want them to grow up in an, a society that understands them. And I, I think we can only benefit from accepting and marveling and embracing all neurodiversity. So thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate your support by giving us five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review. Oh, we have so many listeners in India. If you haven't contributed already to helping with COVID relief in India, here's my little encouragement to do so. And then also, finally, as a little extra thing, because we couldn't do Twin Sights, I interviewed my kids. So listen up, and um, hopefully this little interview will kind of illustrate what we've been talking about. Okay, bye. (laughs) Okay, okay, here we go. (laughs) Now, what's your name? Chase, 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 Chase. <laughs> and how old are you? You have to say it. Five, five. You're five, five. So I just wanted to do a quick interview with you. And you said your name was? Hey, Ryder. Bulgaria. Because it's my favorite country in Europe. What is uh, Bulgaria bordered by? The Black Sea, Greece, Macedonia, Serbia, and Romania. Hey. What language do they speak in Bulgaria? Uh, Bulgarian. What's the capital? Sofia. Do you know what the population is? No. Do you know how big it is? Um, middle size. Okay. All right. Now, Chase, what is your favorite thing in the world? I like Paw Patrol. And can I guess what your favorite Paw Patrol character is? Chase. Why do you like Chase so much? Because I like blue, silly. Oh. Now, what does is, what is Chase say? Chase is on the case. And are oh. you Chase? Yeah. And are you on the case? Yeah. Okay, that was a good interview. I'm going to return to you in a second. Now, I see a man right here. What is your name again? My name is Yugoslavia. 
Yugoslavia. Where are you located? Yeah. Oh. Um, are you in Eastern Europe, Western Europe, Scandinavia? Where are you? Eastern Europe. What are you bordered by? Hungary, Austria, Italy, Romania, Bulgaria. Me and my brother, Bulgaria, and Greece and the Adriatic Sea. Um, what is the language spoken in you? I don't know. No, no. There's no languages spoken in no. you? He is Yugoslavian. Uh, I have to speak Turkish. part of Italy, Soviet Union, and Serbia. He performs Austria Hungary. Bulgaria, I'm going to declare war. interviewing me. We're going to get back no. to you, but. But what? But you were kind of talking through his interview. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be part of it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I got. All right. Should we should we end this interview? Uh, yeah, I guess so. All right. That's this is the end. Mommy and her triplets signing off on almost Mother's Day 2021. One final question. Do you guys know how much I love you? 100 percent. Yeah. What about what do you think? One thousand percent. And what do you think, Yugoslavia? One hundred and seventy-six percent. You you are all correct. Okay. Bye. Um. Yeah. So, how about um reasons why you should end relationships? One eighty-one treasure trove. Well, there's just a little note. Being on the autism spectrum is not shameful, and it does not make you inherently less valuable than another person. If you do not like yourself, it is very important to work on accepting yourself for who you are. That didn't say if you do not like yourself change yourself. It mm. says, accept yourself. Um, that's for everybody in the world. Then later on, occasionally developing self-acceptance and becoming aware that you are a valuable human being with positive attributes and some support needs, just like every other person on earth, which is actually in the book. I didn't ad lib that. Can damage relationships, usually when your partner likes you being less than them. Yuck. I wrote, wow. Is true. Is true. Is true about about life when you get healthier and you have boundaries and you have self esteem. People don't like that. Mm-mm. I remember learning that, like in my late twenties, early thirties. I was so confused by when you accomplish things and people like you less. <laughs> When people you love shit on your accomplishments? Yeah, and you're like, um, I don't understand this at all. I was really expecting you to be excited and happy for me. It's because people don't see you as you are. People see you as they are. Mm. I have a cute, one of those cute things. I'm sorry if I'm going to do cute things from this book. Yeah, do some cute things. This is a paragraph from Mike. Uh It's one of the real life experiences. Um, We also ran out of things to talk about. His interest in buses was so annoying. Even though it was his knowledge that helped us meet in real life, as he could give really good instructions about which buses to get and when. Yeah, his thing is his buses. Yeah, he's he's heavy into buses. Yeah. Or, Or like that guy who likes dinosaurs. Yeah. Or my kids who like um, the world. and But definitely don't like Lincoln and Washington books. <laughs> yes, we, I am, know. <laughs> I'm working towards <laughs> those two books. I did ask them last night because they did get a book, a visual encyclopedia of the presidents that we read during bedtime. Mm-hmm. They're really into it. One of them picked that out and I said, okay, well, how about this book about George Washington? And they, whoever I asked said, no, I don't like that book. <laughs> So I'm for the love of God, closer. no, do not, do not mold your children into like people who say things that they don't mean. Don't do that, Barbara. Don't worry. My daughter, don't worry. they definitely hate don't, them. Yeah. <laughs> um, my daughter has asked that I cut all her hair off just like her brother's. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. And I said, yes, let me contact the uh, the high-end um, stylist who does my hair because I want you to look like the little queen or king that you are. Mm-hmm. I like it. Barbara, I just want to let you know that if your daughter does turn out to be trans, he's going to have to be a drag queen because I have too many fucking dresses that I have no I one know. to get to. <laughs> I know, I'm a huge closet of like <laughs> burlesque outfits and vintage dresses. <laughs> And the boys are a little too thick. 192, let's see, reasons why you should end relationships still. Oh, if you've been emotionally blackmailed in the past, there are a number of steps you can take to try to minimize the risk of this happening again. This is because it is harder to emotionally blackmail people who are confident in themselves and understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships. And then there's steps for how to develop confidence. There's stuff about, you know, if your partner is abusive. There's some great stuff in here that I won't get into because of, you know, trigger warning stuff. But again, it's all stuff that's broken down to very, in very basic language. And it's a good reminder and if you are abusive, you know, it's a good reminder to you. We're nearing the end of the book, 216. What what chapter is that? Um, this one is maintain, Maintaining yeah. Digital Citizenry. Maintaining Long-Term Relationships. Um, there's a couple paragraphs here that reminded me of the book called... The one that Amy brought to us? Attached. Attached, yes. The wonderful book that Dr. Amy Harwick introduced us to, which if you listeners have not read yet, is still one of the most amazing books on relationships. You should not confuse support needs with dependence, as healthy relationships are made up of independent people who may or may not have some all of their support needs met by their partner. That's one of those things that in an avoidant personality will tell a anxious attached personality, like, I, hey, I can't be there for you. You're too needy. You're leaning on me too much. You're not healthy, that type of thing. Uh, there's a difference between needing somebody and being dependent mm-hmm. on somebody. That's something to keep in mind. Unhealthy compromises involve changing or giving up something inherent to yourself, such as not flapping or twirling in your home. That The, yeah. the second part is a little um, more specific. specific. <laughs> but, you know, both these things are I especially found the first sentence that I read very useful to keep in mind when you are in a marriage, a long-term relationship, because your spouse cannot and should not be the only person that you're dependent on. I come to my twin with... As should everybody. As should everybody. Go to your twin. When you have a thing, mm-hmm. you know, you can't put everything on one person. you got to have... Got to depend on your twin you got to depend things. on your twin, exactly. Yeah. Or your friend, or your therapist, or your... Parents, if you have a good relationship parents, with your parents. And in turn... Not your child. Not your child. In turn, you need to let people rely on you. You need to be a good listener. We've talked about good listening before, active listening. Um, There's a lot of that in this book. Yeah. You know, being there for somebody so somebody can be there for you. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't talk a lot about marriage a whole lot because this is not marriage ladies, it's dating ladies. But uh, having been with somebody for 20 years, my husband is there a lot for me, but I, it's not fair to make him responsible for everything. Yeah. Flapping and twirling in your home I think you can use that as a metaphor for you need your space or you need to be physically have someone touch you or whatever it is that you need to calm you down. Like flapping and twirling is those are self-regulating behaviors. So I've been in a relationship where someone has not done certain things that make them that they need to do. And then like once we're in a relationship, those things come out and it's very confusing. Like what? Are you embarrassed to talk about this with your twin? No. You know, like you need a lot of attention from another woman. <laughs> oh, like, wait, a bad thing that comes out. Yeah. Oh, no. 
someone who has is in that stage of their evolution. And so, like, I'm thinking of one case where this person was like, hey, and he told me in, in some certain terms, like, I have people who text me late at night. Don't worry, this won't continue. And I was like, how about we just casually see each other and that can continue? Hmm. And then that person was like, no. And then it still happened. And then it affected our relationship. And I would have preferred that we were both in the same relationship. You know? That's that's a real doozy. Because you gave them the out and they didn't take it. Yeah. They wanted their cake and they wanted to eat it as well. It's kind of a different take on this. But I would just like to throw that out there. Like maybe if you have like an addiction or you have just something that you do that's damaging to a relationship if you don't acknowledge it like why don't you say that thing and then the person can make a decision well let's talk about addiction then because addiction is not something that anybody quits unless they hit rock bottom unless they make a decision to yeah so if they there's no rock bottom when they got a bb poop bell on their arm oh they're, they're, they're riding high their behavior has been reinforced so that's the exact opposite of hitting mm. rock bottom so why would you quit your thing that you are addicted to you wouldn't. Does that, does that Does make this sense? apply to anybody other than me? Are you talking about the universal BB uh, Poopel? Yes. <laughs> okay. The BB Poopel within everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm BB Poopel. Yeah, she's BB Poopel. Hey, you know what a compromise might be, Barbara? What? A compromise might be that you try not to flap or twirl at your partner's work event. <laughs> I like that. I love that. See, my, my version of flapping and twirling is sitting in the corner and not talking to anybody. Yeah. Yes, quiet time. Uh, where you're not overwhelmed by other stuff. Yeah. When my son now says, uh, I just need five minutes to myself. Like, I, <laughs> where did he get that from? <laughs> me, because I yeah. need quiet time. Like that was one of the first things I introduced to my relationship with my husband super early on was, you know, he's a comedian. He tries out bits constantly. Like just today I was in the bedroom. I was typing on my computer. But my son also wanted to watch YouTube and be next to me. So I had the screen, like half the screen had my Word doc and the other half had YouTube and he had headphones. And that's, that's what we did. Like I, he, he laid on me watching YouTube while I typed. Aww. So, you know, yes, I want to be with my son and I could make that work. But then my husband came in and said, let me try out this bit on you. And I just said, no, like I just, I had to shut it down. A little bit too much. A little bit too much. And then we made a joke about it later like we're at that point now where yeah you know and he and then he said the bit later and it was really funny and we talked about it but in the beginning before we had that kind of repartee I just I would have to say I need quiet time right now like we'd be in the car and he'd be talking and I'd say we, I need some quiet time and I th it was it was off-putting to him I know it was you know but that's how I expressed that back then I'm yeah. the same way. Some people, though, they connect by babbling. Yes, they do. That's that's extrovert versus introvert, yeah. and it's very uncomfortable. And it feels like a, like like you're being just um, like it's an automatic weapon shooting knives into your balls. Yes, but for an extrovert to have silence feels like rejection. Yeah. So. But yeah, I agree. Don't you can make that compromise. I will try at your work event to not flap and twirl. Maybe you would go to the bathroom to flap and twirl or something like that, or yeah. you would go to the bathroom to take your five minutes of of quiet time of me time. So compromise. Um, okay. All right. We're nearing the end. I have another um, oh. cute one. He wanted us to have orgies at the house, and I don't even like being around other people that much, <laughs> let alone having lots of naked people in our house all wanting to have sex with each other everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Same girlfriend. 
Or boyfriend. No, girlfriend. Um, I have this underlined 218. Oh, this is what we were just talking about. My partner has got really good at telling me when she needs me to just listen and be supportive by saying things like, that must be really stressful or that sounds awful. Instead of doing what I normally want to do, which is to give an unwanted lecture on all the ways the situation could be dealt with. In turn, I have learned to compromise by accepting that we are different people and just because doing something my way is right for me does not mean it is right for her. I'm telling her what she should have done. I wasn't validating her or demonstrating my care and love for her. If I was an Instagram account, I would say, read that again. A little louder for those in the back. Oh God, is that? All right. Um, (laughs) How about sexual activity and sexual pleasure? Page 222, sexual activities are deemed inherently private in most cultures, which is at odds with the way female bodies are sexualized and used as marketing tools in many cultures, period. (laughs) There's some stuff on pornography, sexual activity by yourself. Chapter 16, do you have anything on Baton? Yeah, unless your masturbation is compulsive and preventing day-to-day activities, then it is a healthy and fun activity that is completely free, period. (laughs) God's not judging you. Your hand's not going to grow hair. You're not dirty or sinful. I love how this book doesn't even pretend that that's a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Who who makes money off it being a thing? I don't know the answer to that. Who does make money off of this? Somebody. Being a thing? Shame. There's always someone making money off of your shame. And then uh, further down on the page, there's like this real kind of scientific description of why masturbating is good. However, it is accepted that there are some health benefits to masturbation. It can relax your muscles, help you fall asleep, reduce stress, and improve self-esteem because orgasm promotes the release of endorphins, which are the brain's opioid-like neurotransmitters that cause feelings of physical and mental well-being. And you're going to hell. No, it doesn't say that part. It doesn't say that part at the end. It just says these scientific things where your brain, the hormones, happen after you do the thing with your stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no judgment in this book. I don't trust it. I don't trust it either. Yeah, who makes money off of that? Wait, but then I, so I don't have to tithe? I mean, maybe it's like a little more convoluted. Like maybe someone doesn't benefit directly from you masturbating unless you're doing it on camera for mm. money. But no, it's like it trickles down. I think like you feel bad, you go to church. I don't know, you... Yeah, I mean, uh, shame. You're You're handing over your power to somebody else because they've made this decision that... Um, it's shameful, so therefore they get to tell you what to do. Yeah. There's money and power. Yeah. 17, sexual activity with someone else. Um, Engaging in sexual activity with someone else requires consent from both all people and relies on everyone involved having some level of sexual interest or desire. In addition, you should be aware of sexual health and personal safety. You may want to use a safe word. Uh, Again, I'm like, I'm really... That's like the first paragraph of the the chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's introduce safe word. Yeah, really. Why isn't that in... I know. So like having not been with anybody for such a long time, I'm really looking at all this stuff like with new eyes. Having sex with somebody where it doesn't feel good. You talked about this like with your first boyfriend, like you should say something like I know that no one appreciates it when you fake it because I've done that. I, I, I was faking it with someone once. And I was like, really like impressed with my <laughs> performance. <laughs> I was really getting into it. Like, yeah. Because I just, I wanted it to be over, but I was like, I'd never faked it before. And then I was like trying it. I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And so I like tried it more and more and like got really dramatic. And then at the end of it, he goes like, did you? Like, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> well, I couldn't back down at that oh. point. Kudos <laughs> to him for calling you out on your no. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean... 
was like, I was like, the, nothing's happening here, so I might as well entertain myself, you know, and like try out this new thing, like try out this new skill. But really, it should have been about a mutually, you know, pleasurable activity. That's the thing, though. It's like there's there's shame around sexual dysfunction, you know, and you women internalize it. It only takes him two minutes to get off. Why is it taking me twenty? There must be something yeah. wrong with me. And then you think about it, and then thirty minutes have passed, and then you're thinking about it more, and then it's like, oh, this is painful, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> I might as well try and win an Oscar. <laughs> Oh, more on safe word from Ash. My partner was raped many years ago and she has PTSD. So we have a safe word system so she can feel safe and loved and valued all the time. Yeah, safe, loved, valued, basic necessities that we often ignore. It's like, okay, like the guy who kissed you. Like suddenly you're playing with different rules because if he had, this guy you don't know very well, if he had all of a sudden... I don't know. It just, I'm trying to express it. Like once you enter, you take that little step into the world of like sexuality mm-hmm. where your body's involved. It's like the rules are all different. They're all thrown out the window. I don't know, maybe for men too, but like for certain men, I, I know that I'm not playing with by my rules anymore. Like my body is not entirely mine anymore. You know, like I've had playing by like the societal roles of sex. Yes. And you don't want to offend somebody and you don't want to. And you, I automatically know that my needs are not as important because I've had so many experiences that were not pleasurable like from the beginning and some of that was lack of skill but some of okay I've had sex with someone and just checked out and I can't imagine being that physically close to somebody and them not responding and continuing what you were doing like I could I cannot imagine doing that to somebody and yet I've had sex with guys who loved me who would continue having sex with me even after I'd stopped responding you know, like, I, I learned the word frigid before I even knew what sex was. And that's a, the term that they used to use for women who didn't really respond or get into sex. And I think, you know, it was like from the 50s or whatever. But that was like an acceptable style of female sexuality was frigidness. You know, like, that's just one more kind that you would have. That's I mean, that's that's not a sexual style. That's somebody who's not enjoying themselves or who doesn't want to have sex. Yeah. So... I mean, I guess I'm trying to say that, like, growing up, I thought that that was just, like, one of the ways that a woman might behave. Uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. And, I mean, not now, but that's just, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if you're in a long-term relationship, I'm thinking of long-term relationships I've been in. I don't want to have sex in the morning. I don't feel, I don't like it. Or I don't want to, ha- I don't always want to have sex at night. But if you're with someone and there's this expectation of having sex with them, like, yes, you would have to engage in the frigid style of sex because <laughs> you... I've done that. I think a lot of people have done it. Afternoon is best, right? (laughs) Seriously, when you're like relaxed, but you're not, it's not first thing in the morning, but you're not just trying to go to sleep. Afternoon. Sure. Sure. I'm sure that happens a lot in your household now. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just, we get to pick and choose any old, any old hour of the day. You've been stuck in an apartment with your husband and son for a year. (laughs) And he hasn't slept over at Nanny's. For over 12 months. <laughs> one time he fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> During the day, we ran, we ran back to the bedroom. <laughs> and we had to be really quiet. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, anyway, get in 
enthusiastic consent. There's a movement towards enthusiastic consent now. It's not just someone saying, yeah, sure. How about if you're um, a heterosexual relationship and you're a man and you say, and you start kissing your lady and she's like, oh, I don't want to. How about you stop? <laughs> and like not hold that against her and not like go text the cute lady at your office and not... Um, yeah, but also not feel like, I don't think a guy should then feel like, whoa, gee, I have to cook her dinner and take her out to a movie. Like, no, you just accept the fact that it's not going to happen right now. It's and you not, masturbate. Yeah, and it's but it's not you. It's not you necessarily. She just isn't into it, or he just isn't into it, or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't think their blame needs to be placed, or, or bad feelings, or like... Nothing needs to be hurtness, placed. Hurtness, hurtness. Yeah. No hurt, hurtosity. Like, mm-hmm. you just accept that it's not, like totally enjoyable pleasurable thing to do right then and you move on yeah and that's why god gave you glory holes right that's where i was going with this thank you okay (laughs) what's your favorite glory hole by the way i've never asked you that um my husband does a show every friday night called story smash and one of the co-judges on it with him was mary birdsong who's in reno 911 and i uh i told him to say hello from his wife who is in uh the glory hole scene with her you know what i mean the glory the glory hole scene in reno 911 that was their intro and she's Uh. like oh yeah and then i could hear them talking about like well which glory hole but there's only one there's only one And uh, Dangle's wiener was in it. Okay. In the last season. Sixth season. I think they're on to a seventh. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. So close to the end of this book. It's perfectly acceptable to ask someone to kiss touch you in a different way because you prefer it. If you do this, very rarely the other person will get angry. If they do, this is a strong indicator that they are not interested in your pleasure and are focused on their own pleasure at the expense of yours. There's a chapter 18 is having children and how this affects relationships. For example, um, during a pandemic, you might get to have sex uh, uh, 0.5 times in 12 months because you want to bring your kid over here. So you guys can bone, and then I'll be picturing it. So don't do that. Never mind. We're so close to the end of the pandemic. Okay, Tom. During an argument with my in-laws, they said I wasn't blood-related, so my thoughts weren't valid. I found this so stupid. I mean, they weren't blood-related either, because that would be incest, which is illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was meant to hurt my feelings, but it just made me think they were illogical and were losing the argument. High five, Tom. (laughs) I have some stuff in choosing not to have children chapter. let's hear it. If you meet an adult and they ask if you have children, you can simply say, no, I don't. It is perceived as quite odd to add, and I never want any. (laughs) You could, however, say, I enjoy being child-free. And this is uh, quite socially acceptable. You know, when I got pregnant and I told some people more than once, their reaction was, oh, I, I don't want children. Huh. I know. And it, I found it offensive um, at first. And then I realized uh, it only came from women. And those women probably felt there was a pressure on them to have children. Yeah. Two people I told that I was having triplets to. One of them was someone who I'd had many hilarious sexual adventures with. Um, I ran into him in a restaurant and uh, I was heavily pregnant. And he said, like, he probably asked me, like, is it a boy or a girl? And I said, I'm, I'm having triplets. And he said, no. I said, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no. No. What? He was so... Really? <laughs> he would not accept it. What? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting reaction. But you felt really supported. Well, you yeah, know, I was wondering like, oh, am I finally out of your harem head? Oh, he kicked you out of his I, head harem. I, he was like, he was, I ambushed him with like... Reality. Yeah. <laughs> Physical and mental health relationships, last chapter, I believe. Oh, by the way, did you know in times gone by, it was thought that having children would bring a couple closer together, but it is now known that that is rubbish. If there is anything that will challenge a relationship, it's having a child. My doctor, who is the same as your doctor, 
Um, oh, you mean my doctor who delivered Madonna's baby? Yeah, I do mean that doctor. Our doctor? Yeah, our doctor. Um, he just, his advice to me was like, just uh, try not to get divorced in the first year. <laughs> you know what he said to me? What? His advice to me, because he, I would see him every other week, like for a full ultrasound because of the high risk mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. pregnancy. Early on, after the babies were born, he said, um, just really casually, like, um, oh, make sure you wear protection when you're having sex with your husband. Because there's a high percentage of people who cheat on their wives after you have a stressful pregnancy. Wow. And he was not saying that my husband was cheating on me. He just said... A statistic. A statistic in a very fatherly way. Aww. And I I love him so much. Wow. I have, right. Wait, I have one more. Okay. My fertility doctor, who I didn't know at the time had just had twins. When I found out I was pregnant, I thought maybe I might be having twins, but I wasn't. Uh, he put his arm around me and said, oh, that's probably better this way. so i'm just gonna hop unless you have anything else i'm just gonna hop to the very last paragraph of this book do it sexual activity should be fun and pleasurable and take place alone or with consenting partner partners in a safe place and manner In many countries, this means that sexual activity can only take place in private places and not in public. You do not have to engage in any sexual activities if you do not want to. It is not better or worse to be sexual or non-sexual. It just is. Rad. That's how this book was summed up. Dr. Emma Goodall, you've written a masterpiece on human relationships and sexuality. And uh, it happens to have the word autistic in the title. And I hope that doesn't deter anybody from... I hope that doesn't deter anybody because this is, as I said before, a manual for life. How how many... How many twirls do I give this? All the stems? I give all the stems. Yeah, I do. I give unbridled hand flapping. Mm-hmm. And um, I might make a couple of extraneous noises that make me feel comfortable and mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not feel bad that I don't know the word count of this book. I'm going to... I'm going to like this book, even though it doesn't have anything to do with maps. <laughs> Guys, I just had a question about some books. I just, I'm going to show you some books, and I just was wondering if you like them or not, okay? Two! You like him! I uh, don't. I don't. I don't like I don't like, like it. Abraham well, I like it. Do you have a story of Brack Obama? Mm-hmm.